The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. You're listening to the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. And welcome back to the 6.30 Chat Afternoon News. Coming up after 3, I'll have uh, Global Edmonton producer, a member of the Monarchist League, Ashley Weeb. The Monarchist League. I'm gonna. That'll be my first question. What is that? Uh, she'll be talking about the royal wedding. It is Friday, so of course we'll be delving into our big blue folder of stories we never got to throughout the week. Usually odd and funny stories. You know how it goes. And uh, But right now, though... I'm looking forward to this conversation. The Winnipeg Jets uh, heading into game four tonight in Las Vegas. They're down two games to one, and they need a win to even it up and head back to Winnipeg with home ice advantage. Puck drop set for 6 o'clock tonight, so you can listen to it here live on 6.30. Chad, but right now joining us on the phone from Las Vegas is Global Winnipeg reporter Brittany Greenslade. Hey, Brittany, welcome back to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. It's oh. uh, exciting to be down here right now. You know, I bet it is. So listen, I, I'm, I'm jealous. I'm je- you're, you, aside from the fact you're cheering for the wrong team, I'd still like to be with you. Um, so you are going to, are you following the team now for any games against Vegas? This, uh, you went to one, you're going to one tonight. Are you coming back again if they uh, return to Vegas? I don't know. It's a great question. Well, maybe we can call my boss after and ask him. <laughs> yeah, I believe I have him on speed dial, just in case things go awry here at Edmonton. So tell us about the experience, because everyone keeps talking about just how fabulous a show they put on in Las Vegas. Tell us about the experience at the uh, at the arena two nights ago. You know what? It's been crazy. They do everything in Vegas big. Everybody knows that. So I expected nothing less than to come down here and see a show being put on inside the arena. They had Cirque du Soleil performers. They had showgirls walking up and down through the stands. Uh, they even have cheerleaders, which that was new to me. I've never seen cheerleaders at hockey games before, but, you know, when in Vegas. <laughs> we know it's funny because actually the Edmonton Oilers for a time had cheerleaders here as well, but when we moved over to Rogers, uh, place we we didn't move the cheerleaders over as well, but but you're right. If you're in Vegas, I mean, is, this isn't your first trip to Vegas, is it? It is, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! Talk about uh, cheesy overload then. So, did you? Was there some aspect? Because I'm a regular Vegas goer, and I love just how palatious everything is, how cheesy everything is. I mean, that's Vegas, right? So I would expect nothing less of their hockey team, but they've really ramped it up, haven't they? Absolutely. And I think uh, even watching that pregame on Wednesday, uh, I thought it was spectacular. I thought they did a really great job um, of doing the production value of things there. Yeah, there were aspects of it that were cheesy, but that's Vegas. You get the production and you get the cheese factor. And I think people really uh, like to see that. And this city has overwhelmingly embraced the Golden Knights. Uh, there was a lot of talk when the, the, when the team was expand, the NHL was expanding into Las Vegas about, you know, can they support a team? Like, you know, you're going to put hockey in the desert? It makes no sense. Well, they've done a lot of education down here, and fans are buying it. They have bought in. There are signage everywhere. There are jerseys everywhere. Uh, they're talking to cab drivers and, you know, waiters in the restaurant. They are loving this. And 
beyond the fact that people have really bought into hockey here, one of the overwhelming factors uh, that I've been told from people in Vegas is that this team started right after that tragic shooting in October. Mm-hmm. The opening uh, opener was a couple days after. And this team came out fundraising. The players were involved in, in helping bring this community together. And that was a big part of people here accepting the team, is that they brought the community together after that tragedy. They gave people something to look forward to, and they, they embraced Vegas as much as Vegas embraced them. You know, it's interesting you mention uh, taxi drivers and waiters because uh, you're absolutely right. And I've been going to Vegas for a lot of years and I go two or three times a year. So I'm very, very familiar with Vegas. Um, But typically uh, when you get in a cab two years ago, and they'd ask, they always ask where you're from. They're always interested to know where you flew in from. And when you would say Canada, they would be like, oh, so you must like ice hockey. And that would be about the extent of their knowledge. Um, but I've noticed since, since the team settled down there that you're right. They've, everybody has embraced this team. You can have actual sensible conversations with Americans in a desert about hockey without them referring to it, by the way, as ice hockey. Um, I, I, I've never seen anything like it. Now, you mentioned the crowds, and I've not been to a game yet. I'm still hoping to do so uh, if Vegas makes it all the way to the uh, Stanley Cup Finals. But you mentioned the crowd. So is the crowd Las Vegas supporters or Winnipeg supporters, or is it half and half? It's definitely not half and half, but uh, there is definitely a sea of white uh, Winnipeg that has come down. They were here for game three, and there were two full flights of people that flew in from Winnipeg, uh, Air Canada flights and WestJet flights yesterday. So we're expecting there's going to be a lot more Jets fans as well. So many uh, Winnipeggers that actually live in Las Vegas, a lot of musicians mm, yeah. and others that have moved down here that we've had the chance to talk to. And what was interesting is one of the guys that I spoke with, he's from Manitoba originally. Uh, he got work out here about a year ago and lo- has loved the Jets forever since he was a little boy. He's from Shoal Lake, Manitoba. And when he moved out here, he, he was wanted to still be able to see hockey. So he bought season tickets to the night, and he fell in love with them. He is loving this team. He's got the jersey. He's got everything. So this matchup for him, he was super torn. He's like, well, I've got my number one love, but I've got my new love, and I don't know who to cheer for. He is wearing his Jets jersey, but that's what people are feeling down here. You know, we have a lot of Winnipeggers, a lot of Canadians that moved down here, really embraced the team as well, and are, and are, now we're feeling, you know, split. They don't know who to cheer for. They're you know, new, new or old, where do you go? Yeah, we're talking with uh, Global Winnipeg reporter Brittany Greenslade, who's down in Las Vegas following the Winnipeg Jets on their journey through, what is this, the Western Conference uh, final. How, you know, one of the things that has always stood out to me about Las Vegas is that they understand how to host the world. Um, you really do feel as though they appreciate uh, the tourists when they come in and they bend over backwards to make them, make them feel welcome. Is that still true of a Jets fan? Uh, yes and no. I mean, there's there's bad apples in every crowd, and we did unfortunately see a little bit of that during the last game. Uh, also shows just how passionate these fans are about their their new team. Um, but I will say that any time you had a fan that took it a little too far, um, the people around them would step in and say, you know what, that's not cool. We uh, during the Canadian anthem, we heard people actually uh, booing at the beginning. That there was there was a couple guys that started booing and. The people around him just said, stop, you don't do that. That's the anthem. 
that's wrong. Yeah, and you know what? That's that's really just learning how to be a fan, Brittany. And and I've I've seen that before as well. That's just learning how to be a sports fan. Um, You know, the two things that would annoy me. One that obviously would annoy me. The one thing that typically annoys me when I watch a game broadcast out of the states is the glass slappers. You know, those guys who like pound on the glass with the hopes of getting the attention of whomever. that's another thing where I think, okay, well, a couple of years of following hockey, and you'll probably stop doing that as well. Mm-hmm. I will say one thing about uh, them here as well. When you talk about hosting, um, Carnell Johnson is their anthem singer. He tried out. He was one of, I think, it was about a thousand applicants. Uh, he sings opera. He's also a gondolier on, at the Venetian. <laughs> and he has become uh, huge here. They call him Golden Tights. And in Winnipeg, when the Canadian anthem is sung, because of True North, you hear that loud True North uh, go really loud and proud from Winnipeggers. That was audible last game. To his credit, he gave a little nod to Winnipeg fans and didn't sing that line and let Winnipeggers yell that out loud and proud. And it's something that their team here does. Uh, in their one line, they yell out night. Yep. And I just thought that was a really, really special nod to Canadians and to Winnipeggers to give them that moment and give them that peace that they have in their arena every night. And uh, fans, it didn't go unnoticed. Yeah, you know what? Uh, certainly didn't go unnoticed by me either. I was I was watching on television, uh, saw him drop the mic and allow the Winnipeg Jets fans to yell out True North, and I just thought that was one of the classiest things I, I think I've ever seen at a hockey game, and, and uh, well done on his part. So when the game's not on... Well, one last question about the game. How hard is it to get to the arena? You can't have seen another arena as convenient as this one because you can basically walk to it from the strip, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I'm staying at New York, New York, so you probably... Well, you're right behind it, yeah. yeah. It's right behind it, and so New York, New York is right on the strip. We're we're near the one end of the strip, but, I mean, you're talking, you know, maybe a block and a half, and and we're talking regular city blocks, not Vegas city blocks. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) To, To walk to the strip. And, and then you're right back in all of the action. And the parks that they have in front here where the party goes on, they've got fans, they've got bars, they've got everything. And then you walk across the street and you're walking right by all the casinos. You're right back on the strip. Uh, I will tell you, people that drove here told me that they had a heck of a time getting out after the game, though, because 17,500 fans is what the stadium holds for a hockey game. And it was a, a bit of chaos because, of course, there's also concerts going on at uh, these uh, casinos and hotels every night as well and Cher was apparently in town so there it was extra long leaving the game on Wednesday. Oh man, I can imagine. You know what? Honestly, traffic uh, is bad along the strip 24 hours a day, honestly. So that was a question I had as well that when the crowd disperses uh, you know how every city tries to figure out a way to disperse crowds as quickly as possible. Here in Edmonton we have so many facilities at the arena that it disperses throughout the evening after a game because some may want to go have food or, or gamble in the casino or uh, take in another show or whatever um, but in Vegas you don't want to leave the strip, right? So, I mean, do people just pour onto the strip after a game? Oh, absolutely and actually right across the street in front of New York, New York, there's a bunch of restaurants uh, with the patios that go out into their mini park area there and those fill up we saw people just grabbing a seat grabbing in any area they could there there's music going all night long vegas doesn't sleep so neither do the fans i ran into a couple uh, a little bit earlier they were feeling a little worse for wear because they've been out partying last night and uh, i caught them before they'd even grabbed a coffee and that was about uh, one o'clock 
Time. So they are they are taking advantage of the you know sun that flew in for forty eight hours. They are getting their forty eight hours worth. They're here for you know two days, no night. Nice. Now, Brittany, when do you fly back to Winnipeg? I will be back tomorrow night. Oh, that's too bad. Um, so, if you happen to find yourself going back to Las Vegas again, should that be the circumstance with your Winnipeg Jets, may I suggest that you take in the show Absinthe? It's uh, in a circus tent outside of Caesar's Palace. I am going tonight. I got tickets for the 10 o'clock show. That is exceptional. You have to tweet me, text <laughs> me something, and tell me what you thought. You know what you're walking into, though, right? Yes. I, I was on the plane next to um, a former play-by-play uh, broadcaster from the Dallas Stars who comes down here quite often and told me told me about it. And he's like, uh, I hope you don't get offended easily because if you do, it's not the show for you. It is definitely and not. Then, <laughs> and then next to a Winnipegger last night, and, I, and he asked if I was taking in any shows, and I said I was going to that one tomorrow night. And he's seen it three times already. Yeah, I've so seen it five times, Brittany. Talking about. I, I've seen oh, it five goodness. times. Hopefully you're not in the front row. I don't recommend it. We are. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Then you have to tweet your experience afterwards. I'll be keeping an eye on your account. Uh, appreciate uh, you being so gracious with your time this afternoon. I know there's a lot to do down in Las Vegas. Uh, Brittany Greenslade, Global Winnipeg reporter. Uh, best of luck tonight, but not enough for the Jets to win. I hope you have a great time. And do, do tell me uh, what happens uh, with Absinthe, won't you? Absolutely, I will. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. Welcome back to the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. Coming up after 3 o'clock, I'm going to be talking uh, with Ashley Weeb, Global Edmonton producer, member of the Monarchist League. The Monarchist League. Of course, we'll be talking about the royal wedding that's taking part over the weekend. Uh, I really do appreciate the conversation I just had with uh, Winnipeg reporter Brittany Gleenslade. Several of you asking, are you cheering for Vegas? You're darn tootin' I am. I love that team, and I don't even need to justify it. Uh, you know, oh, there's more Canadians on Las Vegas than there is the Winnipeg. I don't care about any of that. Uh, and I'm not going to argue with you about Winnipeg being Canada's only team. I don't care about that either. I just love the story of this team. I just love the fact that that franchise should not have succeeded and has. Um, and and has done so in a commanding fashion. I hope they go all the way to the Stanley Cup. In fact, I hope they win it. Um, hey, in the uh, two minutes uh, or less I have left, uh, you know, I had an opportunity when talking to our EPS police sergeant, uh, Kerry Bates, to just vent a little bit about driving. So here's another vent for you. It'll be really quick, but not on driving. Uh, saw this article. It was put out by travel experts. So this was a panel of um, travel agents, of industry experts, of airline um, experts um, about etiquette. And you know, we've talked about airplane etiquette before. And one of the stumbling blocks in this conversation is where I've said in the past, you shouldn't recline your seat. And many of you have texted in, well, why does it recline if you're not supposed to recline it? And they think I'm wrong and whatever. And it, maybe I am wrong. Maybe you're right. Uh, but it happened to be one of those articles that addressed that specific topic. So what they did was they asked the panel to weigh in on certain etiquette on planes. And one of the first questions was, should I lean my seat back in economy class? And 
overwhelmingly the answer unanimously was no. Seriously, no. Even though you can theoretically lean your seat back, most airlines have removed so much room between the seats that you're almost certain to collide with a passenger's knee, a laptop computer, or a child on their lap, and that is likely to provoke a confrontation. As a follow-up question, they said, but I paid for the seat, and it's mine to recline whenever I want. Should I ask the passenger behind me before I do? Their answer, yes. It is the least you can do if you're going to lean. Ask the passenger behind you if it's okay, but be willing to accept no for an answer. Uh, one of the other issues they worked out, whose armrest is it? Well, it turns out if you're in the middle seat, the two armrests are yours because you're in the middle seat. And on the question of shoes on or off, never, ever, 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 one more time, ever take your shoes off on an airplane. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.